Today's sponsor is Audible, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audiblepodcast.com forward slash bcpod. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, John Calipari's and Wildcat, Kentucky Wildcats out there? Um, sorry you guys are losers. It is hard to feel bad for you guys, though. Not a very sympathetic team. And on a lighter note, my wife, Bridget, won our bracket. She chose Duke for the national championship, and she won me and my family $140 that we're going to use to buy a membership to the aquarium in Seattle for my household. So I am pumped up. Go Blue Devils. Gotta love gambling. Other notable people in our bracket, uh, I finished number four, and Toby finished second to last, and Logan Kale finished dead last. All right, big time important stuff going on. Emory hitting the road. The question, 10-year anniversary tour, plus you were never alone. Yeah, that's right. May 15th, starting in Seattle, Portland, Sacramento, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, San Diego, Anaheim, Phoenix, San Antonio, Houston, Fort Worth, Springfield, Missouri, and St. Louis, Missouri. Come check it out. Go to emorymusic.com, and you can get general admission tickets or VIP tickets there. We've got some great stuff. Please come see us. This is a big deal for us. Also, Matt, Toby, and Joey, the BC Pod Live Tour in Florida is coming up really, really soon. You can get your tickets at BC Pod Live. That's April 29th in Orlando, the 30th in Tampa, and May 1st in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, you can get your tickets now. When I say tickets, I mean you can get them for free. You can pay what you want, get on the waiting list. And if you're a member of the BC Club, you've already funded us coming to Florida. Thank you. Your tickets are free. Your spot is reserved. So go to badchristian.com forward slash BC Pod Live. Reserve your free ticket or pay what you want for your ticket right now. We're going to run out. I promise. All right. I told you King's Kaleidoscope's new EP, Live in Focus. Another something awesome that we're going to be able to give out for free. The first video launched today at DesiringGod.com. You can go watch the video. There's new videos leading up until next Monday and when you can get the full Live in Focus EP on BadChristian.com for free. Okay, I'm running out of time. Abandoned Kansas, pre-order is up. Go to DeadSpacePodcast.com. This record is amazing. Please go pre-order a package and listen to some of it right now. Three, two, one. We back up in this mug. Yo, Drop it, right. Joey. And I want to hear Matt beatbox too. Man. Man, I can't even do it with that shit. I know. You are terrible at beatbox. You ruined our intro. How could you be so good at music and so bad at beatboxing? You can only have a certain amount of talents. It's not, you just can't. Can you at least say, it's the big Christian podcast? Can you do that? It's the big Christian podcast. You are terrible at intros. Without Joey and I, you would be nothing. I don't have a lot of vocal. Oh, my Lord. Let me just get Matt's back. He technically does the intro every not, single I mean, week. Everybody knows they can't wait you to hear, hear three, two, the, one in the beatbox. But you that you're now entering the bed. That's me. I did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you really work hard. That was on amazing. That part every week. So you can do great intros as long as they're massively produced. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Edited and massively produced. <laughs> you know what's crazy though is I've heard a lot of people, Andy Gill being one of them, say, Man, I just love Matt's intro. Like that's wow. for some people that's like what a lot of people like to hear. Well, I appreciate that, Andy Gill. Thank Thank you very much. <laughs> what we got on our plate today? Well, first of all, I've got pizza. 
Yeah. Yeah, other than pizza. <laughs> We're still in Australia, so that pizza's $350 a, a slice here. It's unbelievably expensive. <laughs> All right, before we get going, what we do need to do is, uh, we, I got to tell them about the sponsor switcheroo that we pulled. We did our uh, live podcast at, at the bar the other night at the Spotted Cow, and in that one, which we aired on a Thursday, we did a X3 ad. But on Thursdays, we often do the Best Sex Life Now ad. And so that's what we're going to do on this Monday episode, we figured we do so normally what we do is tell like a sex story in our marriage and then you know something like that about it but i want to take a more straight up approach today and just tell you directly about this you know product and sponsor so craig gross and his wife jeanette have made a video course series called best sex life now and it's not for everybody obviously everybody's not married and some people don't need any help at all but very, very, very common as I get to know people and talk to them, I realize that Christians are guarded, they are private, they are ashamed of and don't like to talk about sex. And guess what? Even in their own marriages, it's often a big problem and one they don't want to talk about to their community, to other people, and their spouses. So Craig Gross, being the open, honest, forward-thinking guy that he is, uh, has tried to take some of this to task and to expose some of the stuff about sex, Christian sex, marriage, stuff like that. Now, I think Craig's on to something. He's a forward-thinking guy. I think he's right. We have to be open. We have to be honest. We have to talk about stuff. We've got to deal with stuff. That is the future of the church, in my opinion. If it's not going to be open, honest, and real, it's going to die. The same thing is true in your marriage. So if you're having any problems at all or think you could benefit from anything, think about it this way. This is the probably the best thing I could tell you about this series is it costs less than and you get much more than going to one counseling session. Additionally, this is Craig Gross. He's a credible person that you know that makes himself known. It's not just a therapist somewhere that you would go visit. Anyway, if you think this is for you, if it speaks to you at all, great. If not, no problem. But go to badchristian.com forward slash best sex life now if you're interested. And thank you to them for sponsoring and supporting this show. Now, I know we talk about sex a lot on here, Toby and Joey, but I think it's mainly y'all's fault. Y'all are the ones that, you know, juvenile kind of thing. Joey always wants to talk about killing and death and, you know, Toby always make boner and, and vagina jokes for some reason, but that, you know, Anyway, I'll tell you what I've been dying to talk about is how we got into a discussion about the definition of virginity. I thought that was killer. Oh, yeah. Because it's such, such a right. weird thing how people do and Christians define it and people talk about it. I just think it's hilarious because the whole idea behind it is that if I can make a technical definition for it that I can satisfy, then I'm going to be able to yeah. get around something to right. either make myself feel good or make something bad about other people or make some, make some standard that I'm going to define that I'm going to use to judge rightly or wrongly. Okay, yeah. so Still. I'll start. Well, yeah. Okay, so so we, what we were discussing in our green room and got into a little bit of an argument about is what it mean to be a, a virgin. So now, Andy has some sexual history, but says he's a virgin because he's not done uh, vaginal penetration. Is that hell, correct? Hell yeah! Okay, oh gosh. And so what I what I think is is weird about that is we, we let ourselves off the hook by saying, well, I'm technically I'm still a virgin, knowing that you're still doing right. sex acts, but it's not. So I, what I, here's what I, all I want anybody to challenge me on. I know there may be a dictionary definition of virginity that may be different, but for our purposes, the best definition of virginity that would help everybody else if they'd get with it and use my definition, which is penetration for pleasure. 
If you if there's been penetration for one person's pleasure, then I'm I'm just calling that sex. I'm saying you're not a virgin anymore. It doesn't matter if it's anal or if it's oral or if it's vaginal. I think that's all the same thing for the purpose of how we're talking about how we're judging it, how we ha- have ourselves. I haven't d- I've done this, but I haven't done that kind of thing. Because we had Christians crazy in a crazy amount do oral sex and anal sex just so they can say they're virgins. There's no there's no point to that. Yeah, so if somebody asks you a virgin, you say, ah, I'm PFP. What's PFP? Penetration for pleasure. <laughs> That's what you say. You say, well, I'm not a virgin. Right, you say, if somebody asks you a virgin, you say, nah, I'm PFP. No, I've PFP'd before. So. I've PFP'd it. So that, I think that's the working well, definition everybody should use. Another terminology out there, I don't know if you've heard, is a technical virgin. And that would be someone who is totally upfront with their sexual past. And they say, look, I've done a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have. But as far as sexual intercourse, penis and vagina, I haven't. Well, that's useless. I don't that's see all why I'm saying. Useless. That's useless. See, here's, and and, and I, we don't even need to have a big debate. I do believe there's something spiritual about a penis about going a into a vagina. <laughs> I do. I really do. I think that there's biblical precedence for it. I think Paul is saying, you, you're going to unite yourself with a prostitute? Do you realize the union that's going on in there? There's like a spiritual connection. So I think no. I think if I go and have sex with a girl and I enter her vagina, that is going to be a lot different. Um, no, there, I, t- I totally disagree. And that's here, fine. And, and the reason why is because here's, here's what... I'm not the, saying it's per- worse. The, well, you kind of are. I mean, you basically, you essentially are. But From a he, sin perspective, no. So here's here's the well. That's that's a good. Is get Joey that. saying that a penis going into an anus is not spiritual? <laughs> <laughs> Just, to clarify. Just to clarify. Okay, so but what I'm saying is this: virginity. The the point of the term virginity is uh, essentially I'm going to argue is an outdated one. It's one that we yeah. use in uh, all of ancient history. Yeah, and it mostly just means nerds and losers. Yeah. Keep going. But it is one that you use to say that, that for, I mean, first of all, you avoid the vagina for, for the purposes of to not uh, have con- conceive a child. It's, it's some technical thing that we had a use for and that you'd want to say, you know, not get impregnated and stuff like that. But in our yeah, current... In Jewish cultures, the female actually had to have sex for the first time on a white sheet and if there was no blood, right. then they so, stoned so, her. But that, and there was a purpose for that. There was a purpose for that, and it was—I mean—cultural, and they didn't—they didn't know as much about science and you know conception and all those things. They didn't know it, so like that, what that if was she was a what gymnast and she broke her hymen. Well, I like guess that six. may have happened, but no, I'm just saying, suck. at this well, day and age, there's no well, use question, to pro- Joey, propagate so the, the term virgin so and mean that technical sense of it. It's a useless term. Well, right? I am wondering, uh, Joey, I'd like you to clarify a little bit. Like when you're saying that that spiritual connection you have from having sex, I believe that as well. But you actually think like a blowjob isn't the same? Like, I mean, you think that's not a spiritual, physical connection? Like, is that what you mean by that? I, I, I mean, I might have misunderstood. I'm just trying to figure out what do you mean, like, that spiritual connection with penis to vagina, but not to other orifices. Well, first of all, I would be insane if I really thought that there were these clear lines. All I'm saying is I do think that God made intercourse a specific way, and I think that what comes along in the territory of that is a specific blessing or curse if you're not doing it, you know, through his plan and everything. So do I think there's a spiritual connection when a girl gives you a blowjob? Sure. Do I think that there which is, is worse a way, deeper Which ele- is a worse way to be cheated on, anal, oral, or vaginally? Does it matter? I'd, I would almost argue that, that, that to, to be cheated on by oral sex would almost bother me more. Yeah. Could Right? Yeah, I think it would bother me more. I mean, for sure. For instance. But, oh. So, anyway, like I said, I think 
the definition, to, you have nothing to lose by using the definition, penetration for pleasure. PFP. Talking about. And, and so I'll go one further on Hashtag that and say, PFP. I, that's what I was before I was married. I hadn't had vaginal sex. Yep. And so, and I was like 30, and I'd, I'd been involved sexually with, you know, a good amount of women, like a lot. Yeah. And, uh, but for some, I, well, I still had a lot of pride in the fact that I was a virgin. So that's what I'm saying. So right. I'm, I'm saying I'm the guilty. I'm the one. And I know everybody else is out there doing that too. But if I you had, said I, you used, had a, I, I didn't, I missed that. You said you had a lot of oral sex I, with a. I, I, I mean, yeah, it was oral primarily. Gotcha. And so, you know, a few other just random things. Like you try all kind of weird yeah. stuff when all you can't do is go to the vagina. But you try right. every other possible thing you could think of yeah. so that you can re- make yourself feel like, well, yeah. technically I'm virgin, technically I'm saving something or whatever. But I would have been a more honest. I would have been a better person. It would have been better and more authentic for me to just say, no, I'm not a virgin at all. And right. I, what I'd like to do is not do any of this stuff. But instead, I, that allow me to skate. So I'm saying, yeah. I believe if everybody used that definition, then you'd, everybody would be better off and more honest about where they're at. So that's just me. And you're only talking about human, right? Because guys around the world have tried to have sex with all kinds of things outside of a human. Well, you, yeah, you've, you've had sex with a goat, then you have. What about yeah? What about a pillow or a, a watermelon a, that's been put in the microwave? They say that is the most. That is uh, the closest. Yeah, it might have to be with a human. That's that's the one that resembles Who's a they vagina. They told you, you said they say. Uh, I'd say it's research. <laughs> research shows that a watermelon can be a sexual. Yeah, yeah if you put yes, a small watermelon are, in a microwave. You've had sex with an, with an I've never done that. You do not think. If you yeah, no, if you put right. your wiener in, in an eclair, yeah, yeah. you're still good. Eclair, you're not. Fine. You didn't PFP it. No, you're fine. You're you're, fine you're, you're still totally a virgin. <laughs> that would be hilarious <laughs> if. <laughs> That'd be so funny if that's what you had to tell your future spouse. Hey, listen, uh, it was one night where I don't know. I was watching Jimmy Kimmel and I was about to eat this eclair and. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> tell me about the, tell me about the time you lost your virginity. <laughs> well, I saw when well, there was a half watermelon. I have a sweet tooth. I have a damn sweet tooth. <laughs> this is probably one of those times when uh, we were at the Easter Fest uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we met the guy who owns it. He runs it, and he said he was happy to have us down here and bring us and have people go watch us in a bar. And he goes, "Fellows, I've." Uh, you know, I have to admit, I listen to your podcast and I really appreciate it. And but I have to admit, sometimes I think, why did those guys have to take it that far? Yeah. Why did you have to go that far? Quite over the so line. many but people overall, say I that. Appreciate it, but th- I would have to yeah. say that's got to be where we're at so far on this episode. Yeah, so. he's right. I mean, <laughs> this can't be that good. Well, I mean, I'm I, trying to say yeah. something good, but all the peripheral jokes are just too easy. Yeah, yes, Joey and Andy. Yeah. Good lord, can y'all pipe down? Toby and I actually had a conversation about coarse language because we were both being very vulgar in the hotel room in Melbourne. and uh, What we, were we saying? I totally forgot. Probably <laughs> sexual. And we both just stopped, and I think Toby proposed the question. He was just like, you know, like, sometimes I do wonder. Like, we both laughed, but was it wrong what we did? And immediately caught my attention, because I've always thought about this. There is a scripture in the Bible that everybody throws at us, and it's it talks about, you know, coarse language yep. and I think vulgar course, yeah. jokes or so jesting joking, and that sort of yeah. thing. And so we started thinking, it's just like, can can there really be something wrong with Toby and I making a joke that's vulgar and it's just between the two of us and it gets us both tickled? It doesn't make us go out and sin. And so I, honestly, maybe we're just twisting God's word because I was thinking, 
we definitely wouldn't make those kind of jokes in front of just anybody. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe if you really look at it, it's just like, of course, Paul's not saying don't do that with your best friends. Maybe he's just saying, yeah, don't do that stuff in, in public. But, you know, so then the next question is on, on this podcast, is it, is it coarse joking? Because if we're not doing coarse joking, then who the hell is? Well, I would say we hold back a lot, <laughs> even <Yeah>. on this podcast, <laughs> which is hilarious. Most people don't think. But, I mean, I mean, I really do think when you are around your close friends and you feel comfortable – you make some more off-color jokes, whether that be a sexual joke or whatever it might be, that you normally wouldn't because you feel comfortable and you kind of just trying to get a rise out of everybody right. and just kind of goof around. So I don't know if it's as coarse as it sounds because it, the point isn't just to be coarse it's, or it's only to be coarse just for the sake of it. Not like you're actually really being coarse and mean and rough. It's more like, oh, we're such good friends and love each other so much that we can actually say something like this and it'd be funny and you know I don't mean it. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I do, but I don't think anything that either one of you said releases from what the Scripture says. I don't, I don't see any scriptural interpretation that says, yeah, unless you're around your friends. Well, what's the interpretation of coarse joking? Well, I'm not saying what, what or what isn't a coarse joke, but what Joey's point is, there's no way you could argue that some of the joking that we do, at least off air, surely it has to qualify. Yeah, it just has to. Like if that, if it just has I, to, especially I, behind closed doors. I could easily say no. I think it doesn't qualify. What in the hell then do we have would to be say? Coarse joking? Well, coarse joking. What y'all are not like defining coarse joking? We've had an inside what, joke. The past tell couple me what days. the definition of coarse joking is, and then maybe I'll understand. I mean, I, I mean, there's there's some joking that you could see would be coarse if it was just unbelievably sexual. Just tell me the definition, y'all's definition of coarse joking. Coarse joking entered the definition to, for me. Okay, uh, I would say something that isn't pleasant, isn't uh, coarse. Right. Course is like ugly, rough is what rough, rough, and just yeah, a little, little too edgy, little. Ugh, that I mean, it's rubs me the wrong right. Way. So all the joking that we do, I would say we don't feel that way. We just so la- you're saying it depends laugh. on the audience. Well, what I'm saying is, if I made a coarse joke to you guys, I think y'all don't laugh, and I get real quickly. I went too far, and that that you're right. That happens, but I mean, I would say majority. <laughs> so of, your definition no, is majority of the time is if I, if if Matt makes a joke, <laughs> as long as he if, gets a laugh. The, <laughs> if Matt makes an off-color joke about his sex life with Bridget, and we all laugh, I don't think Matt's being coarse or uh, crude about his wife in a way that is demeaning to her or hurtful or all that stuff. And if so, I think we probably ah, you took it too far. So dude. if don't you do feel that. off the hook every time I laugh, I just want to let you know, almost every time I laugh, I feel convicted for laughing. So. That's not true. <laughs> I hope that's not, that's true. not true. But I but I actually think that's what I'm saying. Like, what is coarse joke? I mean, if that's the case, Matt, you've said this a million times. Everybody makes sexual jokes. Oh, yeah. And it I, and I agree. if just just because the old lady at the Baptist church, her sexual joke isn't doesn't involve the word penis or yeah. something, but it you know, it's still an ambiguous way of saying that, then that has to be coarse too. So that that's my point. If we're if right. we're just breaking it down to all the jokes on the TV show Golden Girls are like immoral sexuality based, not right. all of them, but there's a ton of stuff like that. But it's not vulgar in in the context. Like all the words were PG words, whereas you could say something true or funny and use a a stronger word, yeah. and then I think people would freak out about it. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know. 
Well, well my point is nobody. Uh, well, okay, some people do. I I do, but I mean, I I would like to even just say, just today on Facebook, I saw several jokes that I would consider extremely coarse about our president. Yeah, and I thought. Okay, and everybody, there was tons of likes and all this stuff, and nobody actually thought that was coarsers. Oh, he's just making fun of Obama. So these, yeah. these are so, Christians. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so my point would be, like, why is that okay and so acceptable? Or to make a joke about, uh, you know, even, even – or even if it sounds like a joke to say something really hateful to, you know – Muslims or but other people wh- whatever doing this it might doesn't be put get off self. No, no, no. But my point is, I think a coarse joke is in its intent is to be coarse and to hurt and for somebody to feel really uncomfortable. I think coarse jokes mean, man, that rubs me the wrong way and that's pointed at me as opposed to, hey, I'm hanging out with my friends making a joke and making them laugh and it's off color, but that doesn't necessarily mean don't do coarse jokes. I mean, we might take it too far, but I take tons of things too far. Yeah. So I don't know if you can judge that. Like, I think when y'all say coarse joking, you're meaning, hey, man, we said something we shouldn't have. And I just, I think when that happens, I think we all react that way. Yeah, we probably shouldn't have joked that way. I mean, for all this to that make too sense, much. I have to lean more towards what you're saying as far as things just being subjective. I don't see how you can make a black and white issue out of this is coarse and this is not because we've talked about this before. I mean, I, I think it does depend on other Yeah, stuff, like look so. at the word bitch. Like, you can call, like, and a few years ago, 10, 15 years ago, to use the word bitch in reference to somebody, or it would just be crazy. But now you can say, oh, you became my bitch at foosball, and it's not that big of a deal. Right. right. You know, and that, I mean, that sounds pretty coarse or right. whatever. It's just saying something sucks, it, you know, is, is, I always think that's the weirdest one that makes no sense because when somebody, I think sucks came out in the 80s. I don't know. I don't know its origin, but I think in the 80s it became popular. In the late 80s, people started saying it. But I mean, it means suck penis. Right. Right? Isn't that what what it comes from? It sucks. It's bad. It it sucks D. I mean that that's and so when it, it was super like whoa, but now everybody totally accepts it and it just means no. It just means it's bad. Yeah. So I, I thought it came from like sucking your thumb like your little baby. I don't think so. Uh, oh, how about went, screw? Hey, you guys oh, are way how about, worse. How than about me. when when somebody in your family goes, oh, like the keys in the car, we're screwed now. Yeah. That means effed. That means you know what I'm saying. That means like somebody's like we got screwed hard. I mean, that's what that is referring to. It's almost referring to rape, to be honest. When somebody says, oh, we got screwed on that, uh, the prices on our supper. That's what that means, right? That's extremely coarse yeah. and, and rough, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so that's my point. So y'all agree with me? No, I, I do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you. so we're going to keep it up with the really rough stuff then. Oh, man, I love yeah. it. Okay. I, <laughs> I love it so much. If y'all, if y'all can't be rough, then I can't be friends with you guys. <laughs> One thing I was thinking about being out here and uh, – Australia though is so we are at one of the airports and some we, in all the cities in Australia we have to fly to to get to you don't drive and um, well you can but it's out in the middle of nowhere and you run out of gas and it's real scary in the outback so they don't subject us Americans to that but uh, sometimes the uh, on the baggage you carry on is either is, is strangely weighed or it's really it's you know and they try to penny pinch or get you to uh, pay more money and so we are on a airline and they say that you can only take on seven kilograms mm-hmm. which Pretty every good. other airline we've been on I've been able to take my carry on bag and then a personal item yeah. and uh, this one nope you're gonna have to check it you're gonna have to check it so. We did the thing that most people do, and I would say Christians readily turn to. We lied. 
immediately. And Matt had a big, heavy bag that he was not supposed to carry on. He's supposed to check it, but he didn't want to because every other flight we didn't have to. But this one airline said, that, oh, we have to. So uh, Matt didn't want to do it because they had a lot of electronics and bu- knobs and buttons that could really easily get broken. He wasn't going to do it. So, Matt, you walked up and and – you tell a story. There was a lady right hit. in front I of mean, you. I mean, there was a big group of people, and I know that they hassle you at the counter, and then if you can always squeeze through when you get to the gate. So I just took off. Right. So you just ran. Like I, I knew she was yeah. looking at y'all, so I just went the other direction. Yeah, I look back, and Matt's kind of hiding pass. behind the counter. And so you get all the way to the gate, mm-hmm. and the woman in front of you gets – they pull her to the side. Hey, yeah. your bag's too big. And they you got to go. So you were like, what do I do? I just, and what did you do? I just – kind of played it cool and manipulated the situation and I put my bag behind me and held it up and acted like it didn't weigh much and I made eye contact with her really early on so she wouldn't look at my bag so she'd be looking at me and I right. addressed her and said how are you doing and just spoke to her as I had in my boarding pass and walked on through yep. confidently and I had no problem. So is that Straight a lie? I, well I didn't lie. I mean you knew what you were doing was wrong. I don't, don't think it was wrong. You I mean did, you it deceived, is against right? the rules well, of the airline. What did I do? Huh? What deceiving did I do? Well, that, your bag. First of all, at the at the at the very entrance, you said, "Oh, I'm going to run and hide." They're checking bags, and I'm not going to let them right. check. So that was deceitful at the least. And then when you got to the gate, you pretended that your bag was super light and small, basically kind of waving around because you're a stronger man. The woman was weaker. She got in trouble. I have a good imagination. You, I like make believe. No, I mean <laughs> what I'm saying is the rules. You broke them, and it was wrong. And so y'all are getting on to me, of course, joking. But my point is, no, we got when, your back. When yeah, you, back. when you, even a white lie is a lie, and that's a pretty easy one. And you, you just broke the rules for what? So you can save fifteen, twenty dollars. Are you glad I did? I'm so happy you did. <laughs> see, I see lies totally different than you. What is yours? Totally different. What's the way you see them? There's no way that just a lie is bad because Rahab. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way a lie is bad. No. No, like just oh, the fact that something on. is a lie doesn't make it bad. Rahab lied and she right. was counted righteous. Right. So I believe that we've got to look at this a little bit differently, and that is the whole law is summed up by love. All right. So what were you being unloving? And and again, I I really believe this. Were you being unloving to anyone to deceive them? Like did anybody well get shortchanged by your lie? No one. No. No one was put. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, they, I mean that doesn't hold up because if everybody did it, then they would. So they're trying to either or, or it screws the airline because they're trying. They have policies and they're trying to make money. And that's but the you, way they here's it. what I'm saying is you didn't even benefit. For, it's not like you made money off of it. You're protecting your equipment. Uh-huh. You're protecting it. So if anything, you could say, look, the most loving thing for me to do is hold on to this because if this stuff gets smashed, then Toby, Dave, Josh, and Andy are all going to, you know, it's going to suck at the next Emory show, and we're all going to have to pay the consequences I mean, for I'm it. fine just, with my justification for it, but I don't agree with you that lying isn't bad unless it hurts somebody. Well, then, but you would have to at least start with just the deceiving someone is not a sin, in itself, because ah, Rahab deceived. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Rahab deceived. Well, maybe that was not good, though. She was counted righteous for it. That's what the Bible says. It's true. She lied so that they wouldn't get caught or killed. Mm-hmm. And then that, I don't like it because I mean, what, all you're going to say then is the ends justify the means, and you know I think that's terrible. I think it's terrible in church culture. I think it's the crime of of all big institutions, all the way up to the Nazis. I mean, I think almost everything bad that and powerful. 
every almost everything bad comes from the ends just by the means. But Matt, you, ha- so you have I, to I don't. you have to start with love. If someone breaks in your house and you're all by yourself, and, or no, you're not by yourself. Bridget and uh, Georgia are in a room upstairs, and you know this guy can overtake you big time. And they're just like, "Look, we don't care about you. You're a dude. Oh yeah, we, we lie. Want, we want females. Yeah. Is there any females in this house? You would say no. Yeah, oh, don't lie to me. I'm not lying. There's no females. No, you would yeah, lie I would. because the most loving thing in that situation is to protect. Bridget and so, and if Georgia. somebody persecuted you and said, "Tell me if you're a Christian or not, or a Muslim," and if you had to renounce Jesus and praise Allah right now, I'm going to blow your family's brains away. Then what do you do? Um, blow my family's brains away. That's right. Well, I wouldn't have hesitated if you said blow my brains away. But if it comes to protecting my family, I don't know. I'd have to really put a lot of thought into that. If it, you so, don't, have, you're not going to get a lot of thought when when they come. Knocking what if it was just you? <laughs> huh? What if it was just you? And if it if it was just me, I would just say I, I would probably say, Lord, please protect me. I'm jumping in the fire just like Shadrach, Meshach. And, I've heard uh, of people I, saying that because I said that before. I was like, of course, if somebody had a gun to head you back down or whatever, but um, uh, you would I, just I say, say whatever. This. But I, I I've had some people that's like, well, actually, I was weird. I was in a situation where we got mugged and this and this happened, and they asked us questions and. I felt this peace coming and just told the truth and just whatever. It was yeah. like actually calm or whatever. So who knows? What yeah, you do, I, do. I will say this, though. Like if that if you were in that situation and you denied Christ and uh, you're telling me a story and say, look, Joey, I'm telling you, I, I don't deny Christ in my heart. I didn't want Bridget to go without a husband and Georgia to go without a father. I would at least be like, well, that makes sense. I wouldn't sure. be like, how dare you? Well, like, yeah. How dare you, you know, reject Christ and deny him publicly? I mean, I definitely wouldn't think that, so... So basically what y'all think is we should, no matter what, when people come into the church, just hold a gun to their head, and that way we'll know. Yeah. Or, you know, are they just lying? <laughs> what kind of church would it be if every time you went, somebody held up a gun to you and was like, hey, are you here for the right reasons? <laughs> How many people would go to that church? I think that it is a lie. Matt did it not out of love, but to save money. And to Ooh, keep his, st- I mean, don't keep it keep all on me. You also keep snuck stuff extra st- bag on too, my friend. Did you not? Did you have more than seven kilos on this flight? Yes or no? <laughs> Did you have Matt, more than seven kilos on your own for your personal items? Matt, on the you told me it's it so was funny because, saying kilos too, because it's like we had seven kilos of drugs. Matt, you said to you, you, you told me that it was strictly because you didn't want your equipment to be damaged. Yeah, well, so, uh, yeah. So I have a good reason, but Toby didn't just didn't want to put his other bag in there either. So he yeah, took an see, extra one t- on too. Toby's the first one to say lying's wrong, but I do it all the time. Yeah, so it's not a matter of him saying oh, no, I don't lie. So. Yeah, I think Matt lied, and it is wrong, and I think that most people lie and do wrong. Like, little white lies, everybody just glosses over them. They think they don't matter at all. That is but the exactly Bible says if you lie with this. the little things, you lie with the big things. Well, so my th- my que- next question is, does that translate into— Where does into, it say that in the Bible? To you lie, it's like uh, Zephanelica 3 <laughs> and 2. I don't even know if it says that in the Bible. <laughs> no, if you, the things that you do with the little things, uh, you end up doing with the big things. It says take care of that. I'll look it up. Yeah, but I don't know if that's talking about lying. It's just saying, it, no, you know, basically. It, what it's saying, though, but I mean, if, if you would do a little lie, that eventually will lead to you doing a big lie. If that's you, a big step. But Why is that a big step? Because it's talking about basically if, if the things that you steward that are small, he'll entrust you with more. You know, if, if he entrusts you with a little bit and you're faithful, then he gives you more. So maybe it does say that about lying. I just don't think it does. But Well, one of the parables also is that the guy that lied and reduced everybody's debt, the, the – Housing owner said, "Yeah, that was a good thing." Yeah, I you know just what I mean, like I th- don't th- see lying as black and white. I just don't. I used to. 
I mean, we used to sing. We used to sing in. I mean, this is how jacked up of an environment I was brought up in. Pentecostal uh, church. We used to sing during worship as kids a song about lying and how basically it destroys you. You're gonna shrink, shrink, shrink all this stuff. I'm like, I'm singing a song about how. I mean, lying. I don't totally understand George's defense. I mean, lying is bad. No, it's like, not. Not. I don't. I don't really understand your point of view. I mean, lying is is bad. That's like saying masturbation is bad. No, it's not. Masturbation is bad if it's paired with lust. Lying is bad if it's paired with being doing something bad to someone else. There's so many lies that I you could tell that would a be a good way. thing. I think mostly not. Okay. I think that you can make some extreme circumstances. I would say not, I would say mostly not in maybe the day to day and situations that were presented. But I could think of hundreds of lies <laughs> that I would feel completely justified. <laughs> completely I feel justified. bad for Priscilla. <laughs> Hundreds of lies you can just think of the, right off the top of your head there. I mean, good. at any given time, I may be totally lying, but it's good. It's all good. Yeah, it's good. No, I'm it's not. Good I, just, I may be telling I may be telling truth, but here's, here's what I you, think people you listening know. to this podcast right now know exactly what I'm talking Joey's about. Joey's right either now. telling the truth or he's lying at any time, but just know this. He loves you. He t- <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got to know. All I'm saying is if, if I'm not going to lie just about little things in general i mean i I certainly have before but i I just y'all can't think of a lot of reasons to lie yeah but that doesn't mean it's good is what we were saying i mean i I, I think you're right like if your wife gets a new haircut and and she's like really uh on the fence about it and kind of worried about the way she looks and uncomfortable and nervous or feel feels embarrassed by her haircut and she goes what do you think and you go babe i love it i think it's beautiful that is a lie. What if you hate it too? But you say that to encourage your wife that you love the haircut and the and you know she thinks she's just so beautiful now, even more beautiful with the new haircut. That is a lie, and it makes her feel good. But at the same time, you can't. It, this is an easy way out. Wouldn't it be better to just tell her the truth and also make her feel beautiful? You, that'd be harder to do. But I think that'd be the right thing to do. Yeah, I would have no problem with. all right today's uh guest is a real special one to us it's scott from zayo zayo being a massively influential band um for emory big time so very excited to talk to him joey got us into zayo uh thank you for that joey and so we'll be right back with scott the guitar player from zayo Okay, it's time to tell you about Audible. Audible is the sponsor of the show. They've been doing it for a while and coming back because you guys are figuring out how awesome Audible is. So thank you guys for signing up. So I'll tell you right up front, it's audiblepodcast.com forward slash bcpod. That's where you can go and get a free audiobook of your choice. They have more than 180,000 audiobooks there. It's amazing. Now, let me tell you what I just have realized is how far behind on book reading I've become until Audible. Now, I, people have been telling me, have you read this book by so-and-so? Did you read it? It's important to keep up on your books. I mean, for anybody, like whatever you're into, it's important that you keep up with the other people in your field or peers or friends about the books. that People at your church, whatever. So I realized that I almost have stopped reading books because I listen to so much podcasts enter Audible. So now when somebody recommends a book, I can say, okay, and I'll just get it on Audible and then I can keep up so I don't sound like a fool because I never read any books. Now, I'll give you an example. My friend Katie recommends to me the other day, she says, 
you got, have you read uh, The Bible Tells Me So by Peter Inns? And I said, no, I hadn't read it. I probably should check it out. She goes, oh, yeah, it's great. It's like this guy, Peter Inns, he talks about how we read Scripture in a way that it probably was never intended to be read and that the rigid framework we put on it is not the best thing. And so it's kind of scary. And I told her, I don't know if I want to read that or not because I'm afraid it'll challenge some of my conceptions. And that, that's true. And I said, wait a minute. So you read the book? And she, this is what she says. She goes, oh, no, I mean, I got it on Audible. So I can do the whole thing in just one work shift. She digests the whole book in one work shift, and you can too, just so you can weigh in on what other people think. You can read that book and say, here's why I think that's bullcrap, or this has changed my point of view. You never know. But guess what? You're not going to sit down and read that whole book, especially not in one day. So just go ahead and try it. You have nothing to lose by trying. It's free audiobook of your choice whatever you want to read. They have everything in every possible category, 180,000 books. Pretty self-explanatory. Audiblepodcast.com forward slash bcpod. Go there to get the free audiobook of your choice today. Okie dokie. Today's music sponsor is Silent Planet. You probably just saw them on their last tour with our friends Norma Jean, who we've been hanging out with lately. So really, Silent Planet's quite in our world of stuff. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to check out a song of theirs. This one's called XX, City Grave. Because are you a man? That was, in fact, XX City Grave by Silent Planet. Be sure to pick up their new record, The Night God Slept, on iTunes today. You can also catch them on tour with Dayseeker this month, and they'll be out with Gideon in May. Again, that was Silent Planet. Go buy their record today. You listen to this podcast, actually? I listen to almost every single one. There's a couple <laughs> that I've like passed over, but like the <laughs> David Bazan one was so so awesome. I listened to that one. I listen. I just listened to the Aaron Sprinkle one this morning, dude. Nice. So yeah, uh, I, so, I'm a, I'm so basically you have listener. like a really low bar of humor. <laughs> <laughs> like we we if you, like you would make us die laughing too, probably <laughs> if you like yeah, it. Yeah, if, if you guys if you guys only knew how terrible we are as <laughs> as as a band and as people. Um, yeah, we would get along wonderfully. <laughs> well, one thing I wanted to say was, uh, this is actually our second time recording you. We tried last Saturday and we were having so much te- te- technical difficulty and it was actually getting really late. And so, uh, we, we had to cancel it and, uh, you probably wanted to keep going, but you know, we had to get up and go to church. <laughs> you well, had all yeah, night, I don't, right? I didn't have, I didn't have to do that. <laughs> um, with, 
which is something I'd like to get into in a little bit. But yeah, uh, just having been in Zayo, this is Scott from Zayo. We are uh, just really happy to have you on, man. I, I, I want to be honest too. Like, uh, I did not know music outside of the radio really existed until probably, I mean, college, until I met you, right, Joey? Yeah. I mean, yeah, jo- were, Joey is the person nice. that introduced me. And I, I, I remember. First couple of bands he showed me were, were like tooth and nail solid state bands with screaming, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is what my parents told me about was evil and <laughs> satanic," and I didn't like any of it. And uh, first screaming I actually did enjoy was the the uh, Pedro the Lion, yeah, holy, uh, P. yeah, the holy P on, on that song. I'm almost there. Yeah. And then the second one was Zayo because yeah, it, it sounded right. so different. Like the the screaming was just kind of it wasn't as harsh. It was I always call it almost like syrupy. Yeah. Like Dan's vocals and stuff like that, but also. The, the breakdowns were yeah. so nice. Like, it felt, and I don't know, I hope you take this as a compliment, but it had, like, that awesome rhythm. Because like, Joey will tell you, I I grew up listening to, like, R. Kelly and yeah. R&B and stuff like that. And, and that that R&B feel was there for me. Like, it felt right. Like, you know, it made me move my head forward and kind of, you know, do a little something for the first time listening to music that was not on the radio. So that's, like, my introduction was Zayo to the yeah. hardcore world. That's Same how I got into hard music. Let me do yeah, the, Let me do yeah. my confessional on that, too. I, I totally agree with that. The first screaming I heard was the same as Toby. It was Pedro the Lion on that song, and then Zayo, and I just couldn't believe what it was at all. And the the breakdown at in the middle of the song Savannah there is just I, oh I think gosh. it's the heaviest moment of all time. I try, every time I try to make something <laughs> heavy, I go listen to that and think about what things could I do to capture what that makes me feel. I mean, so it's definitely exactly you know. I just I mean, when I first heard Zayo though, I didn't I didn't think it sounded like anything. It sounded like noise, like what my grandpa thinks my music sounded like because we didn't come from any <laughs> yeah. because we didn't come from any well, uh, background of hardcore at all I didn't ever hear it. so to me it all sounded like this just thin noise like it sounded like static almost oh, yeah. I didn't think there was music in there and then I figured out all the stuff that was in there and it's, it's crazy well it's crazy our friend uh, Seth talked about the first time he heard Zayo in my car and all he could think of because he, he had met me for the first time he was like oh Joey's one of those guys yeah. that listens to that music. <laughs> so did you yes, grow up, though, it. Scott, with music, like hardcore music in your teens and as, as a teenager? Did you listen to stuff like yeah. that and follow and learn guitar like that? How did that happen? Oh, actually, yeah. Well, f- honestly, my first, uh, the first thing I ever did musically was um, my grandfather played guitar, and he taught me a few chords when I was like nine, right? So like I would learn really simplistic Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson songs. Um, and then when I got to 12, I, I heard Master of Puppets for the first time, uh, and it yeah. changed everything for me, right? So I, yeah. wanted, to learn, I wanted to learn how to play that. Um, but I think the cool thing about how all of us kind of evolve as people, like in my teens, probably about 17 is the first like real band I was ever in, okay? And it we all had friends that were into this like underground hardcore stuff. So like bands like, um, uh, there was a band called Rorschach. Uh, even like there was a band from Pennsylvania called Abnegation and Passover that we were kind of friends with. And they were doing this stuff where it was like extremely, it was metal, but they actually were talking about things that mattered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause like, you know, I, like I love Metallica, I love Slayer, but, you can't, I mean, well, how, how, you, there's nothing there, like, tangible for you to, like, really care about. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, like, I got into, 
I got into like the hardcore. Dude, you're scene. unforgiven too. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Russ loves that song, by the way. I, they, I uh, do too. So, <laughs> but yeah, like I got into music that like these people were like spilling their guts, ripping their hearts out, telling you all this like things that are meaningful to them, be it straight edge or be yeah, straight. It, what know. are the things that were in the scene there? Straight edge, which is you know. Not doing drugs yeah, there was like, and chemicals, and yep. was Chris, yep. Christian then, was a scene there too. Well, Christians came a little later, so like I got into like the straight edge of veganism, uh-huh. um, you know that that kind of movement, and then um, when I really got started to hang out with like Russ and Dan, um, those guys kind of introduced me to this other underground hardcore scene that was like this Christian scene, which is still so crazy to me because when it first was shown to me. It really was like, it wasn't like your your parents' Christianity, man. It <laughs> yeah. was like really, it was really liberalized. Like it was solely just Jesus loves you, period. Yeah. Like there was nothing about like being anti-gay. There was nothing about being anti-anything. It was more or less like, hey, you know, we just love everybody. And that's kind of what we want to portray. Like we feel that th- this Jesus person was literally just just love right and so so thing- that that stunt that that stood out to you then because you had never heard that before but was it i mean so what you're saying is all these people just love all we do want to love 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 let's just scream unbelievable about around. it yes. <laughs> <So> <laughs> let's, let's hit each other like- d- dance in a pit and love each other <laughs> Pretty much, like let's let's sound like <laughs> Satan, but love. That's right, Jesus, right? <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> but so, like that really opened my my mind and my heart because before that, I was actually not a Christian at all. Um, a lot of what I was shown was like how religion was really forceful in people to do certain things. Like I said, our parents' religion, right? Um, so these yeah. guys were like, your were your parents me. Christians at all? I mean, were you raised Christian? Well, just didn't like it I or was, not? My parents were Protestants, and my dad would watch Jack Van Ampey every day and scare the shit out of me. So <laughs> I used I to like, watch that too. That is scary. I mean, that dude's been talking about the end of the world since like the seventies. So I know um, he never runs out of material either. It's crazy. <laughs> he does. It's insane. So all I could ever remember was like how scared I am about the world ending, and I I would literally think like, oh my god, like I'm not even going to be able to have kids because Jesus is going to come back and the world's going to end, and I'm not even going to be twenty yet. <laughs> So I was just scared all the time. And I'm like, once I could get out of that, I was like, I'm done with that. Get that away from me. I want nothing to do with that. Um, So like I said, when Dan and Russ came into my life, these guys showed me this whole different view of it. And I think the biggest thing for me was like, I was my big, the hardest part for me to, to grasp. And I, and this is probably why I went the path I went, honestly, but magic just doesn't, I know magic doesn't exist. Okay. So For me, it's really hard to process like a someone being born without being inseminated by another man like another person um yeah. you know all the different like supernatural things about Christianity always bothered me almost like i, I don't I'm sure if you guys are history buffs like Thomas Jefferson, he was a deist, and he took the yeah. Bible and took took all the magic and supernatural things out of it, and he just had left you know what Jesus taught and all that so so that was my my foray into it, and when I the whole love thing was really just encapsulating to me, like because that's really what it's all about, man. It's like your relationships, your family, loving people, not looking at people different, 
everybody's the same. You know, so that was really appealing to me. Well, there's something that's unbelievably profound and attractive and just intense about, uh, like you said, the band singing or screaming about something that they just genuinely mean and putting it in that format. Because whether it be hardcore music or emo or whatever it is, that that's the thing yeah. that really unites an underground scene and makes it come up out of nowhere. Is people just being honest? Like, so it's not Metallica singing about. The uh, Call of Cthulhu or something like that is just yeah. personal, <laughs> which I love Cthulhu. Yeah, I do too. But um, <laughs> it's it's something personal that they're that they mean yes. or believe. So so you'll get these people that just like, oh my gosh! I mean, th- these guys are so into veganism. It it must be worth. Mm-hmm. It must be legit because how could you be that passionate yeah. about it? So it's conf- yeah. it's the same way that worship music works in church, where it really exactly. at some degree can just make you feel something that is so something's being suggested to you on one hand, like raise your hands or go get baptized and then you put add the emotional yep. music and the performance and the emo- yep. emotional manipulation of it and all of a sudden now you think you believe the thing that the guy was also saying so it's it's yeah, kind of exactly. a weird thing but it makes yeah. for a really intense experience at least and that leads me to my next my next question too i was going to ask you russ so did two-parter is did the, even though you felt that connection and the to the the bigger thing or whatever did you ever actually become a christian and was it weird uh, just answer that question. I'll, I'll start with one. Did you ever become a Christian? Did I ever become a Christian? Well, yeah, like uh, with Russ and Dan, you said they were they were big Christians and and oh, you yeah. joined a Christian band. Did you yep. ever feel like you were a Christian? <laughs> I never really felt like I was, and it's kind of depressing because I didn't really. I think what it was is I couldn't get past personally the magic in all of it. So, yeah. as much as I felt that there was a God. And that there, there was like a soul to every human being. All when I did believe that kind of stuff, like I felt, I felt involved, but I don't think I ever could like buy in as much as maybe like Dan and Russ did. I mean, Dan and Russ were the type of guys, and originally were like they had to pray if they were going to go to Denny's and eat. So they would pray, decide to go to Denny's, and then go <laughs> to Denny's. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there was a lot. That that's kind of how those guys were, and they they both of those guys actually went to Bible college. I mean, they they studied and, and they were really really deep into this stuff. Um, so, I they but the the one beautiful thing about this is is they've never felt they never made me feel like an outsider. Period, and which made that's me awesome. even more yeah, which made me even more comfortable with what they were. And and I guess I, I for a, for a good bit I I mean I considered myself a Christian because yeah I I. You know, I did agree with the love of Christ. I thought that stuff was uh, like a really beautiful thing, and and that there's, you know, before I, uh, before I became a red person, you know, what other way could everything be here other than some designer, right? Okay, so, so did I'll, you yeah. feel like a phony when you were? So you didn't feel like a phony when you were answering the question, "Am I Christian?" Like, hey, Scott, you're in this Christian band. Say, oh, you guys are yeah. awesome. You didn't feel phony about that at the time. No, I didn't feel phony, and I think it wasn't until, like, you get a little older and you see, like, what these conservatives have warped Christianity into that now now I'm embarrassed that I ever was that. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, now that I see what, what the political class does to Christianity and, and what's going on in our country now, like, I am absolutely embarrassed that I ever claimed that, <laughs> you know. 
So, wow. so that's I guess that's what I that's what we're kind of here to talk about today. Is you when we got hooked up online, you said you listened to the podcast and everything, which we thought was hilarious and cool that you did. You said that we've had mm-hmm. people on here before and discuss Christian people not being a Christian and the Christian scene and what it means to you know de-Christianize or whatever. You said we've not discussed that. Nobody that we've had on the show has, has, has articulated it really well. So what? Kind of things have you heard on this show that don't make sense, or or, or you think could be use some clarification? Yeah, and please well, think, please use please use specific people's names. Yeah, you can, uh, and and call them out, <laughs> please. <laughs> well, it's not really like that anybody did a bad job of that, but like when I'm listening to the Dave Bazan uh, mm-hmm. podcast, which I absolutely love him, and I think he presented himself perfectly well, but it never gets into like the meat of why people like choose to, to go away from faith. So for me, um, you know, when you go in, like, I don't know if you guys have studied, uh, Christian theology or any of that kind of stuff. Joey, you're a pastor, right? Yeah. I'm the most studied pastor in America. So, okay. So you, so you have theology background and all that, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So it doesn't bother you at all that most of the books written about Jesus were 40 to 50 years after the fact. No, I mean, do, do you want like a more thorough response, or do you want me to just no, say no, no? no. You can just say no. You can just say no. Um, and right. and that's and that's fine. And these are, this is where these when you have discussions with people, this is where these go because I think that there's there's a coverall of the faith argument that you can't really fight through. So mm-hmm. if I say, you know, I can't remember what happened to me two years ago, let alone like thirty, you know. For people yeah, the, to have the thing been... is, though, is people readily accept other historical uh, events and people that were written way more after the fact. So if you want to play the comparison game, then the Bible is even way more reliable because back then history was word of mouth. So it was a different culture. I, I get what you're saying, but mm-hmm. that's kind of all well, that's all they had. Well, no, that's a good argument. I mean, like, say, you know, things were written about Caesar. How do we know that there was anything really, tr- any truth to all that, right? Yeah. yeah. But there were there were countless accounts of Caesar, not just one yeah. spiritual book, you know. So that well, would be the other my thing, argument. The other thing you're saying too, Scott, and I, I, this is where... Scott, I, you're so full of shit. <laughs> I am. <laughs> just just I, put... Just, just yeah. put the the crown of thorns, dude. I'm done. Get and, and just so you know, actually, Dan and Russ called us. This is an intervention, dude. They they were like, we are tired. Oh, we tried so hard. We invited the dude in. in our band. We thought he'd be a Christian. He betrayed us. Intervention. You know but no one one thing I was gonna say though that I do agree with you. Here's the big difference about that argument for Christians. Like, uh, would be that you don't base your entire eternity and life and creation and everything about whether Caesar was true or not. You go, well, yeah, you know, that, oh, that that's really neat. But if you found out Caesar didn't exist and somebody made him up and it was just a bit, you would go, oh, wow, that was really interesting. But you, you, your life wasn't based upon it. Yeah. So that's where, like, it gets a little tough, I would say, too, because, like, we base our entire life on that that history of Jesus, you know, how we live our life, where where we're going and everything. Let me give a crack at that one, Scott, and tell me what you think about okay, this. But, okay, so on one hand, the Bible, when you look at the amount of times it's documented and within the the proximity of when it was documented from when it happened, it does stand up over other historical things. And there's obviously non-Christian 
uh, historical accounts, and it doesn't sound to me like you in any way doubt Jesus the person or that he, he had a message to love and those things anyway. So, for instance, the Iliad and the Odyssey are, ha- and some of the other Greek history back then has almost no backup or verification of anything that they say was historical, but we accept it widely. So nobody seems to d- doubt the historical Jesus and that he had a message and it was counterculture and, and those things. And so what, where it breaks down, that, that actually is kind of a non-fact either way. Where it breaks down is, did any of the miracles happen? Did he rise? Was he born of a virgin? And kind of things like that. And I would say, mm-hmm. no matter how close the documentation was, if you had a YouTube video of it, I mean, we have YouTube videos of, of Bigfoots. We have YouTube videos of UFOs. And it's like in the moment, and people still don't buy it or they buy it. So it's not based on the evidence directly or it's, re- or it's recording. Whether or not somebody believes something that is, you know, out of this world. And you already said earlier, you just don't believe in magic. So if this falls in the category of magic, no matter what the historicity of it is, you would just outright reject it, I would say. Just like I don't believe in ghosts that float and poltergeists. So if I saw something that was like that, there's no chance that I'm going to believe it was a poltergeist because it's not in my vocabulary of things that I could believe. And why, why does Christianity get a pass on that, though? Because, like you just said, there's really there, you can't like specifically show evidence for for the, the for the miracles and for for the virgin birth. You can't even really show specific evidence that Jesus was the Son of God. You can prove he existed, but that doesn't really give me enough. And I think most people that are in my position, that doesn't give you enough to like base a whole life set sure. on. Well, I you always I separate mean? miracles from from natural and historical and natural anyway. Otherwise, they wouldn't be miracles. So I don't think that they are necessarily rec- supernatural. Is is by definition not natural. So it's not. It, they, it can't have overlap that would make it provable. So whether you believe in the supernatural or not is really a. a like based on your feeling and experience is more of the big question, I guess. And then so to attribute to who or yeah. what and what's the character of God and those things comes comes second, you know, to be worked out. But yeah, yeah I totally mean, right. what, what, Scott, wouldn't you agree that um, that something really, really, really crazy had to happen for all of us to be here anyway that defies nature? So in other words, either an eternal universe or everything coming from nothing, or an eternal God. One, one of those is true, and all of them are so crazy to think about. I mean, so th- does that not throw you for a loop that, shoot, supernatural? Oh, it, dude, it, it throws me for a loop every day, but that's the point of it is, like, why do we turn it into a magic story that is really dumbed down mm-hmm. in human terms, right? Like, for example, one thing that's always bothered me is the personification of God. We're humans. We write about humans. That they're, we, the, the humans wrote about God, right? So for some reason, we've been able to just personify, which through Jesus, would he? I guess he would be flesh and blood, right? Which is another thing yep. we could go on a tangent about. But so the personification of an entity that's infinite, how do you do that? And And... To me, if someone really did create the universe, why why would he care what sexual preference 
yeah. his no. creations hat, you know. Yeah, and, well, I, to, for, I like, totally understand your whole point of view there, and I don't really even contest it is what I'm saying. Like, And I've said this many times, and if it, whatever this offers to you, you can take or leave. But to me, mm-hmm. I started from the same point of view as you. I grew up in a Protestant home and said, this is clearly bullshit, but it's, it knows a, they know yeah. a little bit more than I do. <laughs> so let me just figure uh-huh. this out. Let me, let me check all the facts and figure out what's better and how this works or evolution works. And then if I know enough cosmology, then yeah, I'll be able to shed this archaic belief that's obviously made up by people for whatever reasons. And then along my way on that, God, the only way I'll describe it is supernaturally did something outside of facts and reason and evidence that proved to me in even a stronger way, his existence and purpose. And then I jumped from there. So I I, I would claim no point or evidence-based anything that actually helps me believe. So I just think that the the pursuit of trying to make it evidence-based is fr- is fruitless to me. And I understand for some people it, it is. But also, from your point of view, I totally agree with that. Outside of spiritual experience, which I mm. understand you attribute to natural things, you know, that's where we really divide. And then all the rest for, for you and I is made up of our interpretations, therefore, based on what we already previously believe is the way I would look at it. So I don't Well, but but my interpretation isn't what I believe. See that that's where this gets it always gets convoluted. So like I don't believe that the sun is in the middle of our galaxy. We know that, okay? And like for example, if if God was was real and and there was something that could have been brought about. Like for here, this is a perfect example. Why in the Bible does it not even mention once a galaxy outside of our own? Mm-hmm. Because the people that wrote it only knew about where they were. They didn't even know about the Chinese. <laughs> they didn't even. They didn't know about any other cultures. They didn't know the Aztec cultures. Yeah. And then if like God, it would have been God, pretty easy an, for God to put in there. Hey, by the way, oh, this sentence is not going to make any sense right now. But the galaxy is this many light years, and they just said yes. what, and they just then now it would make sense, and it would be all be proven for us. But it, but it's totally fine for him to bring angels out of the sky from fire. What I mean, if you're not wor- if you're worried about shocking people, why would that be okay? <laughs> and yeah. and not and not telling people, oh hey, by the way, if you clean your hands after you take a shit, you're not going to get sick. Yeah, because germs are what make you sick. Like not, he could have told them about germs not, at not, least. Yeah, not demons and pigs. You know, like. So my, I think what, what for me is if you look at the, at the, at least with the Old Testament, and Jesus never did rebuke the Old Testament, as we all know. Um, my biggest issue has always been that, like, I've heard on, on, your, on this guy's, on your podcast, I, this is something that was specific. I was like, I want to talk to them about. So I heard Joey talk about slavery and how people always argue that in the Bible it doesn't condemn it, right? Old Testament actually is pretty for it. You know, it doesn't say that the servant shouldn't be for the master. But it's really easily explained if you think about it. Why would an infinite being care about that? But I can tell you who would. People that are in charge and people that are probably writing what is going down. You know, they want people to think that slavery is okay because they're the ones that are going to be keeping them enslaved. Um, Also, too, we we can't forget... That are you? You guys still there? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, we hung up, dude. <laughs> I was like, enough of that bullshit. We're done. You're almost won us over. We're decon. We're getting quiet because we're deconverting as you right. speak. <laughs> yeah. 
But like another thing that's that's all like when you talk about how Christianity. Hey, hey, can I make a joke here, Scott? It's it's Please. really funny because Matt Matt Please. always heckles me and he always pushes the podcast away from these sort of conversations. But we can't do that because you're a guest and and you get to kind of determine what to talk about. So I'm kind of like, ooh, should I argue that? Will Matt get mad or should no? We you should. This? So I've got an answer for every single one of your fallacious piece of shit arguments. <laughs> but so. that's the thing though. You you, you can't I'm, I'm kidding. No, no, Scott. but but I'm you kidding. do have an answer. Huh? You do have an answer. Well, no, but no, what and, but and the thing is, me. no, but yeah, but what I was going to say is that it, we're not the, what I hope our listeners realize is we're not trying to change Scott's mind because right. it, it wouldn't happen. No, no, no. Let, I mean, but, you no know, means, that's why. Yeah. Let me say this too. Let me make this really really clear. I'm not a believer, but there's no way in hell I would li- like I I would never want to see you guys not being able to be Christians. Sure. I think that's another thing about about this whole atheism, atheism movement that bothers me is like the whole point of this is to be, it, people can do what they want to do. If Christianity yeah. works for you, then as long as you're not making laws that I'm going to have to follow underneath it, then I don't care what you do. Yeah, you well, know, like well, as long as it doesn't... That's totally cool. My side, my my notion on, on how this conversation goes and why is that we're just kind of exploring the boundaries of it. I don't have any intent in, yeah. uh, in turning into any kind of debate. I don't need to shut you down. I have no oh, fear yeah. of you no, making no, no. great yeah. points that make people, and we leave it there. So I don't have, of course, yeah. we have a bunch more in the tank of answers oh, or, yeah. or stuff, but what I'm interested in is that perimeter and borderline and how you and I interact and, and yes, you know, absolutely. trying to get behind And that's our, what Scott's saying, too. Yeah. 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 Well, like for example, my my one other argument I was going to bring up too is that when Constantine was uh, was in charge and and he was the first Christian emperor, you know, the Council of Nicaea got together to kind of figure out this Christian stuff, and it was purely a political move to make sure that there wasn't riots and fights and and religious wars in that time, you know. Um, and I'm sure if I, I'm like I said, you guys. Have, if there's theology background, then you're going to know all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's things like that where it's, you know, a, there was a political movement to, to make Christianity as strong as it could be. And, I mean, that could be a good argument to why it's still here. Yeah, I think all that's <laughs> you know, very why? respectable, and I'm content to let everybody chew on your very respectable uh, point of view. And, and But I'd like to get more back into the personal and you and your band and, and what happened yeah. and how that evolved over time. Oh, dude, that's yeah. okay. See, this is the one bummer of of this the, doing this podcast because I think this belief and non belief such a big point of it because you guys are Christian and yeah. it's such a big part of life, right? But like I, I want you guys to like kind of witness the insanity that is Zayo and us, and us because <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. is like I listen to your podcast and I'm like we're the same fucking people. It's insane. <laughs> Well, why do you why do you, you guys, like it if you if you have a fundamental like you're not on our team so to speak? Why do you enjoy the oh, show? But like, I am. What, what's happening? Well, I think I am. See, on I would say team, I, I would say he is on our team because yes. as far yeah, as the open dialogue and getting along mm-hmm. and respecting other people's opinions. Good that point, we are Joey. On the same team. Great point, Joey. Yeah, Thank like you. I've I've never. <laughs> yeah, I never. Uh, like for example, with the Jesus thing, like the one thing that will stay with me forever, no matter what, is love. And like I said before, like I turned out of faith with, because I loved, you know, I, I love people. I don't like to see people suffer. Suffering is such a hard thing and not really answered. Um, so like the love of people and the like life affirmation for me of not being 
worried about an afterlife, but like really focusing in on the friendships and relationships I have on earth. That's, you know, I, I, so like with anybody like Christian or not Christian, man, I just want to love you. I just want to hang out and have fun, you know? Yeah, that's great. I appreciate that. So what, one thing that we predict, uh, outright on this show is the bands that are Christian and pray about going to Denny's, whether or not they should, and whether or not they should order moons over <laughs> Miami or a waffle. We predict that those, in almost every case, uh, s- slowly that, that behavior fades. So I'm going to guess, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that even Russ and Dan are not as zealous as they once were. Is that true? Uh, yeah, I would have to tell you, you're probably correct. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little about that? Well, yeah, we lost think, two more. <laughs> uh, I th- well, see, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to take the blame for turning people away. So I'm just going to kind of like, I'm going to find a way to talk about this. Now, I don't think, Dan's a really smart guy. Like I said, Dan went to Bible college. Um, Dan is it? He's a very spiritual guy, no matter what. Um, he's actually a reg- he's a what a, 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 a recognized Dudist priest. So um, the, wow. the big Lebowski religion, which anybody, if you guys have thirty five <laughs> bucks, you can get a license and marry people. Joey, you don't have to worry about that, though, right? Right, yeah. right. <laughs> um, Joey, you spent way too much money. You could have spent thirty five dollars. <laughs> yeah, and, you you're can, and you're set. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's kind of wandered away from it. But but really, I think what the biggest problem is, is just what we've seen in our country on how things have turned so, so just strange. I can't stand yeah. open, you know, you open up a Facebook and you see like somebody talking about another Republican senator or governor trying to like kill gay people. Like, I just, I think... A lot of societal problems are what maybe have turned some of us, you know. Yeah, I think the the, the issue here is, and, and I agree with you, man. I've talked about this a million times. It it just kills me that uh, you know a pastor can uh, have a drug addiction or cheat on his wife with prostitutes or steal money and do all this stuff, and we go, well, that's a moral failure, and we're going to let it go. But let Obama say just something half. Uh, you know, different than what the Republican <laughs> wants to say, and they'll they'll t- tell you Satan or he's evil or he's not even American or all. You know what I mean? Like it's just he's it's unbelievable. Muslim. The yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a Muslim, and I mean all all these things. He goes that's to church. What, that, he goes to church. <laughs> he's not a Muslim. People. <laughs> it's what it's what gets me is there there is isn't grace for the outside world, meaning that we actually don't love people that aren't Christians potentially. You know what I mean? Like like people yeah. that we're, the, the whole call for Christianity is to reveal Christ in a real way that you yeah. need a savior. And you are exactly right. It, it blows my mind when I, the Facebook is potentially one of the most evil things in the whole world for me yeah, because it, really it just calls it, if anything causes me to sin, it's Facebook because I read <laughs> posts and then I just judge. I become master so of judge of all. Here's something really great, too, coming from a, a non-believing guy. I don't even need that the, the X3 watch or whatever it is you guys have. Like, uh-huh. I'm, yeah. a happily, I'm a happily married man that doesn't look at porno. Don't diss our sponsor. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but no, hey, if you need it, go for it. But I'm, you know, just coming from a guy that I'm, I'm supposed to be the sinner here. I'm supposed to be like, I'm like, I'm next, I'm hanging out with the devil himself. 
But, you know, I see a lot of Christians do a hell of a lot worse things than I'll ever do. Well, Christians are worse. Oh, for sure. Christians are arguably worse with porn because of it's the, the thing that the classic thing they would claim about a, a white, middle aged, old man Republican or something. It's so repressed sexually yeah. that it, com it comes out in those ways. So there are definitely non Christian people that believe sexu free sexuality and porn are okay that are less dark in that area, for sure. Yep. And here's what here's one of the things about that that makes me really appreciate people who I would probably say you're more like agnostic. Like if God revealed Himself, you would believe. It sounds like it doesn't oh, sound dude, like if there you, this, you, this you wouldn't like turn down God no matter what. We've had people on the on here that said, "Yeah, I don't care if God shows up, I'm not serving Him." I, no, I think no, you, no, 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 no. You're, you're coming you from believe, at least an intelligent standpoint. Yes, if you believe, here's the thing: if you believe in an evidence based life, if God shows Himself to you, that's evidence. Did you right. see the, the the Ken Ham Bill Nye yeah. debate? Yeah. Okay, the, two, the thing that bothered me the most is when they asked Ken Ham, what would make you not believe? And he said, nothing. But then they asked Bill Nye, what would make you believe? And he said, evidence. Yeah. If, I mean, if, if it's a reveal, yeah. and, and that's the thing about atheists that people don't understand. Like, I know the Bible pre pretty good, man, and I know Revelation. Like, literally, if I see a goddamn beast come out of, of the sea, <laughs> if, I, if somebody comes up to me... If somebody comes to me and goes, hey, take 666 on your forehead, I'm going to be like, uh, okay, rethink. <laughs> like, have you great. ever been like looking on the internet and all of a sudden saw like a deformed tiger or lion with like two oh, heads yeah. and started freaking out? <laughs> this is like, oh, no, I went the wrong way. But what I was going to say about that, going back to the to the X3 watch comment you made, here is one thing that I really do appreciate about the agnostic or uh, probably more the agnostic. Than, I, I do believe that there could obviously there has to be any intelligent person would say there has to be at least some chance that there could be a creator or a God or something, you know, even how minimal that is. But one thing I appreciate about appreciate about this, and I don't know you and your wife's situation or whatever, but what mm -hmm. you're saying is you are not basing your looking at porn or not looking at porn on, uh, oh, that's just my religion. That's why I won't do it. You're saying I'm going to decide as a person to do something that I think is right. Or so you have actual ownership of it, which is way... Now, honestly, what I would say is that's way more Christ-like to me because it's not just saying, oh, yeah, well, Jesus said don't do it, so don't do it. Good point. It, it, what you're actually saying is you're having a relationship where, and, and like I said, I don't know y'all's relationship, but if pornography affected your marriage or hurt, hurt your wife's feelings or whatever that might be, you're actually taking ownership going, I'm not going to do this because I... I see the real health and the 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 connection and the relationship that I have with my with my wife or family or myself and all that stuff. So that's what I appreciate about it is some Christians really get off on and, and that goes back to those Facebook things of the reason they're they're pushing so hard against the gays and stuff like that because they're repressed and hiding stuff too. You're right. The, the, all the Christians that are saying, "Hey, uh, you know, we got to fight for marriage and we got to do this, this," and that, they're not fighting for their own marriage. They're no, they're they're, 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 they're doing tons of terrible things that they're not talking yes. about. So it's way easier to talk about your sin than mine. Yep. Hey, sure. let me interrupt there real quick, Toby. I want this is just imperative to me, and I'll let you go for it if you want to. But we, ha I just have to talk about Jesse Smith. We have to do that. I can't <laughs> let the time get mm. out. Please do. I thought we for sure we're, we're we're not bringing the devil into this, are we? <laughs> Come on. Hey, hey, well, just to, just to set this up too, y'all's DVD is super long. That, you know that one what, what that is it, produced that, the documentary. Yeah, what, what's the one I know? Yeah, it's, it's it is it's, yeah. I, it is one of my favorite DVDs it's of all time. I promise you, I, I was I could not turn it off. I, I don't know if you guys love it or hate it or you know proud of it, whatever. It is oh, amazing. It I'm is totally amazing. 
It is so awesome, so fun to watch. Yeah, you get this look of Jesse Smith, who is your original drummer and founder of the band. Yes. Um, you get this yes. look at him that's just undeniably real. Like, you you totally oh get my that gosh. guy watching. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's just incredible, especially if he means anything to you. But to me, he is one of the craziest wild men uh just hero of boundary pushing both mu- both <laughs> musically and just cult like the stuff he did and lifestyle is hilarious i mean it's just so tremendous the boundaries <laughs> that he would push and i love his drumming i think he's one of my favorite dave yeah. roll and him is about all you need for drummers you know Oh, I mean, however well, that, y'all got him yeah. in that 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 hotel room drinking tall boys and smoking in the hotel room, that those scenes are priceless, man. I mean, the whole thing is amazing. Don't get me wrong, but those I'm like, this is so cool that you guys got to capture that. I, 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 well, I mean, that, yeah, tell us a thing, little bit. That, that was his decision. I mean, he he did that. He was the one in that <laughs> hotel room drinking and smoking. I mean, that was that was what he did. Um, down, like, yeah. we've actually heard that he was pretty upset at the way he was portrayed, but it's like, hey. You know, no, that's you it. That's cut, him. It's yeah, be. if you cut your hair, if you decide to cut your hair wrong, like you got to live with the way your hair looks, you know. Yeah. Um, totally. So, but no, it's it's dude, it's it's such a sad story. The guy's such an unbelievably talented drummer. Unbelievable. Was he he was in the band when you joined, right? And I mean, yeah, so you was, were you toured yeah. with him for a while and Oh, I toured yeah. with him for a very long time. Um, and really what it boils down to is I just think that he was he was in an up, uh, a really unhappy place in his own life, and he just took it out on everybody else in the band. And, you, you know, you get older and you kind of see, like, how people's immaturity levels and and the yeah. way that they handle certain things. I just don't think he was able to handle a lot of the stresses that he had in his life. I think he had a lot of a lot of issues with just loving himself that kind of, blew out and made us really 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 awkward and uncomfortable and and i mean there's no so were y'all friends i mean were y'all friends for a while or did or now not y'all talk now what's the deal Well, it's really strange like i when i was in the band i considered him a a friend um but it was really hard to consider somebody a friend when you know they would do things that they did the way he treated us sometimes i mean we'd be sitting in the van and we'd hear him on the phone talking about how much he hates everybody in the band <laughs> right in the band <laughs> like it was unreal so <laughs> but yeah i considered him a friend um we we did like i at when when jeff our new guy the well the guy that's been in for the last since 2000 what's five 2000 yeah, i think mm-hmm. it was 2005 jeff um when he came in the band like we played shows that were near jesse and he would come and see us play i mean we always thought like after the fact that like things were okay but you know i i saw him not maybe like maybe three years ago and it was it was relatively pleasant but i don't think he's like i don't think he's ready or really has wants to be anybody's like buddy yeah like, i don't like I don't yeah. talk to him regularly. Um, I don't know if there's animosity because the band still moves on without him. Um, yeah. I mean, he, you know, we never denied his importance, man. Like he's he yeah. the band wouldn't exist. He all the guys left on him, and we and I don't know why they did that. That that could be a whole story in itself. But the whole band quit, and then he was able to get all these other guys that came in. Um, mm-hmm. He kept something going that really is the most important thing in my life, and I'm indebted to that dude for the rest of my life for having this thing you know being able to even do this because of what he did you know yeah, i guess that's um, exactly uh parallel to kind of aaron gillespie starting in under oath and then replacing the whole band to where it was just him and then all these new group of super talented guys and then eventually he leaves and then the band still goes on and it's still really something 
I guess it's a similar yeah, situation. I think it, yeah, I, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know how Aaron was. I've met him a few times. Uh, we toured with Under Oath. Um, there was a time when Aaron tried to play with us because Jesse got sick and he, uh, we had a, it was a pretty rough time. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how Aaron, well, it seems like Aaron's pretty, loved with those dudes like, oh yeah no no it's not an- animosity yeah, 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 yeah. i'm just saying the structure of him joining and keeping the band oh, going yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah, I'm sorry. eventually not being a part yeah, of the yeah. band yeah so would y'all ever consider having jesse back for like a reunion tour have y'all ever even thought about that just for like oh, i mean because it would be never it'd be huge no. wouldn't it i mean wouldn't so many people yeah. be like oh my gosh here's but here's the biggest reason why i'd never even think about doing that number one um there's a lot of bands that do that kind of stuff uh yeah to me that's that's not necessarily uh creatively exciting to me um yeah i i don't want to be a nostalgia act and it's really really easy to become one when you're a band that's been around for as long as we have mm-hmm. um we probably are one and i'm just trying to defend myself and think we're not but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah I, like to me i want to push forward and and I'm telling you, man, the music we're writing for this next record, well, the music that's done, um, we're actually recording it now, is I'm more proud of this stuff than I've ever, ever been proud of music. So, Well, we're excited to hear, to hear it. So what else can you tell us about it? What about the sound and style of it? Well, I think it's pretty obvious where we kind of went after Jesse left. Um, I think we've always wanted to be just a metal band, even though like we have, like I love... You know, some of my favorite bands aren't even close to being heavy. You know, like I listen to yeah. like Radiohead and Cigar Rose and stuff. Um, but w- with the Zeo thing, like I, I really like to make it as heavy and ex- just insane as we can. Uh, especially when you have Dan to be able to do what he does with his voice, you Absolutely. might as well right. like try to, you know, try to compare the music to what Dan does. Um, Dan's, he's just. Not only is he an unbelievable lyric. I mean, his lyrics to me are the best part of him. But, um, but yeah, like his voice and what he can do, like it just kind of screams out, like let's be as heavy and crazy as we can. But what's amazing about what you said about the R and B thing with the, how the breakdowns were, that's the exact same way I tried to get one of my buddies to like our band. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because I, I told him, like, you know how when you listen to, like, some of the, like, hip-hop, there's, they, they have that really, like, kick-ass drop where everybody's like, oh. Yeah. You, I'm like, we do that, but it's just with heavy guitars. And he's like, no way. I'm like, you've got to <laughs> just listen to it. No, so, that is similar. But there's, it, oh, it, it, you, it gives you the same chill. You know, even, like, the dubstep stuff. I'm so sorry to say that, but, you know. That dubstep stuff is that's all it is is that drop. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, totally. Just, they, you know, they want that like that. It's almost like a roller coaster ride. Well, it's right? tension, it's tension and feeling. release. Yeah. That's it's really what it's uh, yes. music's about. So Perf- if you use a chord or a suspension on a chord and a note and it resolves, that's one way to do it. But you can do it rhythmically. Like when I mentioned that song yep. Savannah, the breakdown and it, the setup is what yep. makes the, the 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 slow the tempo slows down and then it stuff drops out and it's just wow. And it's only because of the setup, you know. That's all it is. And, I, and it's, it's weird that there's not many metal bands doing that. Like, all the stuff now you hear is, like, everybody's trying to be, like, Dream Theater and doing, like, yeah. I want to hear, I want to hear, like, a riff, man. I want to hear a breakdown. Yeah. You know, that's this is why Pantera was so big. Yeah, and that's what the new, the new Zayo record is, is got a lot of breakdowns and setups and riffs and that kind of thing in it. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what we're trying. Awesome. I mean, we really focused on just, we wanted to, number one, have good, like, structured songs mm-hmm. and then 
you know, definitely bring back the aspect of what we loved about metal in the first place, you know. That's because awesome, the, man. And it's hard to do things new because there's so much out there. Um, and I'm not saying we're breaking any new ground or anything like that, but we're definitely pushed ourselves and are really, really happy. Yeah, that is, that's interesting that you say that because since you guys have been around for so long, now people sound like you. So even when you're creating new stuff, it, the other bands around in the genre sound like you guys anyway. So it probably is kind of tough. Like when you say create new things and push boundaries, like you guys are, but there's probably other people out there that copied you guys. So everybody's like, oh, well, Zayo's sounding like, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that we kind of come across that too sometimes. I feel like, like we've been around for so long that when we, yep. when we do stuff, it, it feels like we really have to try and push ourselves super far because people sound like yeah. us because we've been around so long. Because at one time you oh, innovated yeah. and now, like for instance, sometime, at some point we innovated some stuff and we're pushing a boundary oh, yeah. and now that stuff's become hack. You know, right. So now it sounds like we're hacks if you go back and listen to it wrong or don't understand the context. So we feel like, no, yeah, we got to well, do something else, you know. It's, it's, it's so depressing, too, because if people, like, really understood, you know, when, like, with you guys, I mean, nobody was doing that stuff. So for you to do that is so insane to, f- to just come up with this whole new idea and try to do things in a, in a way that are, like, pleasing to you. And it comes from such a genuine place. But, like, when people try to emulate that, as cool as it is and as, like, humbling as it is to know that people enjoy what you do, so they're trying to be like that. It's just, like, it's not fair because, like, I didn't have anything other than, like, real metal. Hey, guys, guys, seriously, stop everything. Stop everything. I literally just had a real emotion just then. That was amazing. (laughs) Somebody that I really look up to and the music that I love and inspire me just said something amazingly nice about something we did. And I got chills and I actually feel something. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. Wow. Once every three years, man. I've listened to this podcast. Scott, I think you might have a spiritual connection that you don't know about. (laughs) You just created a miracle, Scott. The Lord is knitting y'all's hearts together right now. (laughs) I better get off here before I get turned. (laughs) Hey, Scott, I'm curious. Do you think that, uh, I mean, the Splinter Shards uh, album is just so, so over-the-top, hardcore, Christian, Jesus lyrics— do you think some and and those guys are super super passionate? Do you think some of those guys are just like pissed that the name Zayo is still being used, but they're not uh, over the top Christian lyrics? Like, have you, you know that did, I I that scares me. I think that that's a that's a good possibility. I'm really well. This is one fantastic little thing, but Roy Gowdy, the original guitar player, um, he's like me, <laughs> so. So one of them is is not upset about it, but Sean is he's a pastor, and I know yeah. the guy even before Sean Eric that was really kind of the starter. Eric Reeder was really the guy that started the band. Um, yeah. uh, those guys are really strong in 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 Christianity, and so yeah, I mean, and here actually, this is a funny thing, dude. We could I could talk to you guys for like a week because this is just so much fun. But yeah, I'm loving it. We um, can do it again. We're getting close to out of time here, but the, yeah. I appreciate okay, it. Yeah. But uh when we when we signed with Ferret and Ryan Downey became our manager at that moment because we like the whole thing kind of turned and we Jesse left the band, so me and Dan and Russ were like, Hey, maybe we could take a shot at this without having the negativity that we had in the band. Um we really, really wanted to change the name. We really tried to. But you know, when a label signs a band, they sign the band because of what the name yep. of the band is. Yeah, absolutely. You know? so right. We, we there was no way for us to do it, but like honestly, we 
definitely thought about doing that because I, I do yeah. feel a little a little weird about it sometimes. Yeah. Well, well that's okay. I think you guys are, are more Zayo to me than, than those guys. Yeah. So yeah, I, agree. I mean to be honest. I well, mean I, I know that there, there's the connotation that comes with that, but yeah. Yeah, that's how we we came to the conclusion because as as cool as Splinter Shards was and how important that record is to what we do, um, Blood and Fire was really the time that really propelled the band. And then when I came yeah. in with Liberate, I, I mean, I've been in the band since 1999. So what is that? Wow. Like? So you got to think like years. in the yeah. span of, yeah, in the span of time, like Zayo is way more what it is now sure. than it is yeah. the right. th- couple years. Because like 96 was their beginning point. So you have 96 to 99, three years. And from 99 to 2016, I'm so, you know, you I think there's a, something there. <laughs> yeah. All, all joking aside, like, um, why, why don't you... <laughs> Is this going to be a Christian question? Huh? That's okay. You asked him a, a theology apologetics question. How'd you know? Because it's so easy. <laughs> you're a pastor, no, and you're no, trying, to no. get, you're trying to get the last no. word to the, oh, the no, non-believer. No, no, no. no, I'm really curious. Like, In all honesty... You, you have, you have so much respect for uh, Christianity, so much respect for Christians. Like, you really love this podcast and everything. Is there a part of you that like pities the fact that you know we spend so much time talking about God, like we really believe in call, Toby. opening conversations up and everything? <laughs> like, is, is, I don't think he pities us. <laughs> no, I, yeah, pity is probably the wrong word to use for that. But I, you know what, though, I could to be like honest about it. I really yeah. wish number one. I, the one thing I would love to see is that Christians wouldn't talk down to people that don't believe in God anymore solely because they think they know more than me. You know, like, yeah. well, you just, you just can't understand my relationship with God. No, I, I had that relationship. But, like, what happened was I started reading, and I became a little more aware and, and more understanding. There's a guy I really like, his name, and you guys are, you were from Carolina, right? Or yeah, somebody lives yeah. in... Okay. Yeah, we are. There's a, there's a, theolo- a, a professor of Christian theology in North Carolina State. His name is Bart Ehrman. I don't know if you're familiar with him yep. or not. Yep. Okay, but that guy started out as as a, all of us. I mean, he he was a on fire Christian, and through time and really become. I mean, you could maybe argue there's better guys out there, but but that guy definitely has his uh has his chops, <laughs> and yeah, he's he's more like where I'm coming from, you know. So, um, but I I think that there's a way that we can really you know, st- not have to fight and be like in a disagreement mm-hmm. all the time. I, I hate to see that. Well, that's what stands out, Scott, is uh, we appreciate you also not being condescending, and I'm um, glad that you find us right. to be agreeable and pleasant to talk to. And I know you don't like nostalgia, but I'll just close with this. One of my best concert experiences of my life was seeing Cornerstone 2004. You guys come out on stage, and in the tent with the most electricity in the air that I've ever seen about midnight yeah and dan comes out and pours a bucket of blood on his head blood all over <laughs> and his... wearing a white t-shirt and then screams from yeah. his knees for for about 45 minutes the entire show Run around looking like a psycho <laughs> he was on it his was knees unbelievable yeah <laughs> <laughs> well hey dude there's hopefully more of that to come because we oh i can't wait to get back to do some do some well, shows the, the next thing we'll do is t- tour together if you would if you would ever tour with the with the wussy oh my god emo yes. band then we could probably pull some good tickets. oh that'd be It'd so be fun, fun. Oh, dude, my we, gosh, we, I would love that. We're, we are open. That's like the hey, I'm the most open guy there is. <laughs> so I'm always, I'm always open for it. 
Well, thank you for being on today, Scott. We appreciate it a ton. Oh, yeah, dude, it's my pleasure. You, Absolutely. This is we'll great. Have, yeah, I, I love doing it, man. It's really fun. All right. Awesome, man. Take care. All right, you too. You know, there's one thing that our listeners want. Pizza. No, no it's not pizza. No, my friend. The one thing they want, Joey, is the one thing you need. I need more of Jesus. And I need his word. You need truth, my friend. Okay. John and I'm the guy to give it to you. This is the damn news with Toby, <laughs> and I'm going to give you some truth. Why are you taking off your pants? Because <laughs> I'm hot with the truth, and I need to share it with whoever I can immediately. Hey, be- before you go into this, I actually want to... I mean, this uh, is the damn news with Toby. Yeah. I mean, what... It, yeah, the damn news with what Toby. What do you need to go into right now? You because can, I you can want, wait till after this. No, I want to start the news off by premiering uh, Chris Griffin, Ben Archer, and Chris and Kate Abbott. These folks have uh, committed themselves to Bad Christian along with the rest of the BC Club. Uh, but these are uh, actually major uh, contributors, and uh, we've gotten to know Ben here in Australia, so we appreciate it, guys. I hope you like News with Toby because you brought it today, but uh, you also basically uh, help us do what we're doing. So thank you, Chris, Kate, Ben, and Chris. Yeah, Go thank ahead, you, the Toby. BC Club. You guys also, I hope everybody understands that the app has done well. We've given away thousands and thousands and thousands of the app. Uh, we pay for it. It's free, but I shouldn't even say we pay for it. Those guys pay for it. The yep. BC Club pays for it. So thank you guys for supporting us in all the ways that we do, and thank you for downloading the app. If you haven't got it yet, go get it for free. Toby, can you give us some news? I'll roll the music again if you need it. No, I don't need it again. That I'm, wasn't too much of a distraction. I'm ready to rock and roll right now. Toby, I'm going to do my best to support you tonight. This is our last night in Australia together, so I just want to even if I think the stories suck, well, I'm gonna... I mean, it's obvious we know what you're doing right now. Your normal thing, lying. <laughs> <laughs> Joey's doing a good thing by lying. Raising children without religion may be a better alternative, set, suggests new research. Oh, FTS. From Bustle. And uh, Katie Keck wrote this. Gone are the days of the unyielding, God-fearing mother as the archetype of good parenting, suggests a recent article from Los Angeles Times. According to multiple reports, research... (laughs) What? Why are you laughing? Just how you said some words. (laughs) According to multiple reports... There you go. Sorry. Article. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Research has shown that... Uh, Secular upbringings may be healthier for children who, according to a 2010 Duke University study, display less susceptibility to racism and peer pressure Mm -hmm. and are less vengeful, less nationalistic, less militaristic, Mm -hmm. less authoritarian, and more tolerant on average than religious adults. Can I jump in? I'm ready for you right now. That is not – that is – that's a – I can thwart that, I believe. You think so? I think so. Okay. Um, I I agree with that statement as it is plain there. I do think that probably is true, but the the reason that that's true is because, as we know, I don't know the reason for this, um, but the – all right, I do know the reason for it. You can't be secular or atheist very well. You can't do a good job of that unless you, for the most part – Unless you are educated and affluent, 
Right. See. So there aren't a bunch of people in poverty that are that are atheists that have time to read up on Sam Harris and they watch Bill Maher every night. Right. And they're super educated on what what it would actually take to understand and be and be atheists. And that's not a knock on poor people. Some of them don't care about God. Some of them right. aren't religious. But for the most part, we know that less educated poorer people are more religious in general, and that's across the board. So that's not talking about what you, that's not talking about college, if, if it was right. all college educated, certain income level thing, then it would be easier to compare. But that's that's the false part about that study. You know what I'm talking about? The, the, you have to be the super educated college professor type to be able to espouse an atheist point of view and understand it and articulate it and intentionally raise your kid that way. If right. you're just a casual person, you're most likely religious, and then all the poor and uneducated people are likely religious. And those, and out of, out of those do come gangs, um, racism, all those things you listed are present with religious people, for sure. But it's not, but that doesn't mean the cause of it is a religion. That's not that's not the case yeah. there. So they pulled out one thing, and that's not a. I don't think that's fair to say. Well, it's funny that you say that a little bit later on. <laughs> the article goes on to say, which is funny because they they're citing this as a see tell, told you atheists yeah. are are better, but. From your point of view, this just shows you that they're just not represented. Um, it says, check this out. According to Zuckerman, atheists were also almost were almost absent from our prison population as of the late of 1990s, accounting for less than half of 1% of inmates, according to the reports by the Federal Bureau of Prisons. Um, <coughs> this echoes what the criminology field has documented for more than a century. The unaffiliated and non-religious engage in far fewer crimes. Right. But that's not really true that's because saying the same thing I'm saying, right? They, yeah, that's not no, that's not no no. But also, what that's also missing the point of every time if you get into real shit, you turn to God, so everybody becomes a, a Christian oh, or yeah. a, you know what I mean. <laughs> like everybody in it, it, oh, tons of people, you don't have anything yeah. to do there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's the easiest place, the safest place almost. Yeah. You're like I have nothing else. I'm in jail. Of course, I'm going to yeah. turn no, to a it, higher power. It takes a lot of resources power. and spare time, I believe, to be a, to be a studied atheist. First, that's all. Yeah, so for that's, sure. That's all you. Need. So, but I mean, I, that's what I what I'm going with there. Is as well is that I, it just it, it seems like a little bit skewed um, just because I think this article is trying to say yeah atheists are better man they you know they don't even commit crimes but that's not true if you it's could find somebody at Starbucks who's an atheist that is going to be a moral good uh, helpful intelligent person that's true yeah but that's not because they're atheists that the atheism goes along in, in that in a, in a secondary way. Yeah. See, I think this could also reflect on maybe the poor job that Christians do in trying to instill beliefs. Like, I think that a lot of times there's like a, a panicky approach and just like, a, uh, I mean, I just, I've seen so many kids grow up in an environment to where I'm surprised, I'd be surprised if they didn't turn their back on God just because their parents were so dominating and overpowering and what didn't really lead their kids, but just kind of smashed them over the head with stuff. And I think that's probably a little more um, common than not. Yeah, no, I, I totally, I, I see what you mean. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's the the nuclear physicists uh, are underrepresented in the prison population as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, my next one is too pretty to be a nun, and this comes from the Huffington Post. Um, and basically, let me give you a little bit of information about this. This is a very attractive lady 
that is going to become a nun, and people are telling her that she might just be too pretty to be one. <laughs> uh, when I tell people I'm going to be a nun, they are shocked. Their eyebrows shoot up and their jaws drop. Uh, you're too normal to be a nun. You're too smart. You're too pretty. The last one, this last one took me by the greatest surprise as if acne or a big nose is a prerequisite to be a nun. My looks have even been addressed by the religious communities I've visited as I seek my spiritual home. Three different orders seized on my name, Angela, and took to calling me Angelina Jolie. Like the Christians were even saying, oh, look at Angelina Jolie. She's beautiful. People are baffled that my exterior, a 27-year-old who used to work at Clinique and peruses Pinterest for fashion inspiration, could reflect an interior longing for for consecrated life and its seemingly antiquated vows of celibacy, poverty, and obedience. Their questions have forced me to confront my self-image. Who do I see in the mirror? How do I appear in God's eyes? And how does one affect the other? So basically, do you think that somebody can be too attractive, Like especially like with priests or nuns? Waste, man. She's too fine. <laughs> Is it's that what they're waste. saying? Yeah. But even the, the, the Christians noticed that. You know what I mean? I started calling her Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Oh, man, she's so fine. She's so pretty. Oh, it's so good. But I mean, people are telling her. Do you think that they are only telling her that because she's pretty, meaning she won't be able to hold out? <laughs> I mean, like seriously, like she won't be able to. You don't have a shot. <laughs> she won't be able to keep her vow of celibacy because there'll be too many guys hitting on her, or too much attention will be drawn yeah, to her. Like, like, she's is that gonna, what they're saying? She's uh, going to make the priest struggle. <laughs> they got to yeah, protect oh, yeah, the maybe, priest. But I think it might be points to, uh, in the opposite way. I think it may point more to the fact that the a vow of celibacy is messed up in the first place. So right. if yeah. there's somebody who's a super weirdo, has a big nose and acne, and they say they're going to be a nun. Then that doesn't that doesn't bother anybody. It's like okay, well that that actually gives them something to do because they weren't ever gonna get anywhere anyway. Yeah, but really, yeah. I think it probably points to the fact that that if if somebody with so much potential that's so smart and beautiful shouldn't waste it doing that, well then you probably should rethink why is it that we would have such a why that we I don't not we they or whatever it is that nuns are Catholic I guess yeah why why would they have a vow of celibacy that can't be a good idea probably at all. What do you think, Andy? Uh, <laughs> Andy, we were talking earlier, and uh, I just want to ask you a question. You are paralyzed by the mic. What do you have to say about that? I truly am, but I feel okay now. Why? You, why would that be? <laughs> three, three or four beers. It might be the. Yeah. So you self-medicated. Now you can talk on the mic. Uh, I mean, if you want to put like a negative. All right, that was really good, Andy. Thank you so much, buddy. Glad you stopped by our hotel room to hang out. Hey, I will say this. I grew up in uh, through third grade in Catholic schools, and all of the nuns, their physique was like the Three Stooges. So, Oh, my Lord, Joey. <laughs> it just were. Like, all of them were kind of shaped like Molar. Like bowling pins? I'm just not even exaggerating. <laughs> they were not attractive, and they're not listening to the Bad Christian Podcast because they're either dead or they just wouldn't listen. All so right. I can say that. They were shaped like the three students. So you can talk about people behind their backs <laughs> on dead. the Bad Christian Podcast. Yeah. I'm, hey, I'm listening. not lying. No, no, you're not. Um, This is my last news today. Why would you just look at me condescendingly? I didn't. Yeah, you did. You kind of cut your eyes at me. Sorry. Uh, busting bride caught urinating in her in-law's tea. This comes from Yahoo News. Uh, a bride... I told you Yahoo News has turned into absolute junk. It's, a busting it's, bride? Yahoo like News has big become boobs? absolute junk. Like no, it's not. A bride who was just busting to get back at her mother-in-law has been caught with her pants down 
Rekha Nagvashi Banshees <laughs> from Detroit. Her in laws are demanding justice after walking into the kitchen during a visit to Rekha's and her husband Deepak. Tupac. Deepak. Deepak. Come on, fellas. In central India to find the seething spouse spouse urinating into a teapot they later discovered that she had been adding the secret extra ingredient to their tea for a full year apparently in retaliation to their to their attempts to control her relationship with her husband a friend uh, told reporters that rika was an independent woman who resented the influence that her husband's parents exercised over their daily life they she was mad at them said they that her his parents treated her, her her and him like a slave and eventually she said she had had enough she got pissed off <laughs> i love that so much because it's i mean if she, for her to do it for that long means that she really felt like that helped her life right like she was really satisfied like she would get up there piss in her tea and then just be like this makes life better for me <laughs> Like, this is better. Yeah. I can totally live with this. Like, she thought it made a difference and mattered to her. Well, my question, too, is they didn't notice the taste. No. So it must not have been that much. Mm. And I don't think they got sick. So maybe it, what, it seems like a waste of time. She could that's have been true. drinking a lot of water, though. No, I mean, yeah, that's pe- what I'm saying. It didn't, I mean, it doesn't really get anybody if it doesn't do anything. At least it should be like, mental. Oh, I'm, just I'm this- vomiting. I'm going to die. Drink no, piss. But just the, because honestly, if she would have told them, hey, I peed in your drink. This or what was it? Their soup or their tea. drink and their tea, they would have been. Oh my gosh, again! But so she no didn't tell what, them that she never would. That's have what told I'm saying. Them. There's a satisfaction there, knowing that they would have been disgusted. Yeah, but no what Toby's what. saying is, it th- there was no harm there. They didn't. All, all she did was put literally all that really chemically happens. They she put in some extra water, watered down their tea, and just a tiny bit of some chemicals that are in pee. It's not the pee's not that crazy. It wasn't even enough to be tasteable in in the tea. So the if, if I so told you that I peed deal. in your drink earlier today, you that wouldn't disgust you at all? Um it, I guess it might would a little bit, but the truth is, I operate under this principle. <laughs> I'm assuming that with all the restaurants I eat at, with everything I've ever done, I'm 100% assuming that I have ingested and not known it uh, probably anything you could say. Uh, uh, blood, semen, PP, doo doo. I mean, I, I, I probably a spit loogie on, on under a burger. I'm I'm bet you you have, and you need to just accept it that you have. Everybody out there has. You pissed off the wrong waitress. You it's happened, and it will happen again. And you damn just, it, you just got to let it go. You just got to let it go because it's not going to hurt you. The only thing that can hurt you is you knowing about it, worrying about it, or being grossed out about it. So you just got to accept it. So yeah. you're telling me Joey's eating shit? I'm positive he has. Why just me, man? Well, you because you piss off the most people. (laughs) (laughs) Have y'all ever done anything like y'all? Have y'all? Everybody here has been some type of server at some kind of restaurant. Have y'all ever done anything really gross to somebody? I mean, or prepared food and did something like that? When I worked at the ice cream parlor, I totally didn't wash my hands all the time. Yeah, after they were on your balls and your butt, whatever. Yeah, so at least that. So, and that's not, nothing malicious. Joey, you've ever done anything like that? Ask, man. You know I didn't do that. I'm you never just, did anything. You never saw anything in the Applebee's kitchen that were heard people bragging about something they did. Oh, like I that? definitely observed it. Toby's asking if I did it. What well, did you observe? What did you observe? Uh, that you let somebody eat. That I let somebody actually. That you didn't report the person. Actually, and get them fired. before. Oh, you did for what? Uh, because <laughs> it was ridiculous. We worked at this restaurant <laughs> where the food was coming out, and a bunch of servers would go up to the plate and just. 
And I was like, you're eating off of someone's damn But that's plate. not that bad. You I'm never sorry. saw anybody that's... pee or spit or anything? I've never, heard of it? I've never seen it, no. Andy, did you ever see that or do that? I had a good friend who said that she spit in somebody's food one yeah. time because she was really mad at them. Yeah. And me personally, I could never get there, but I don't know. Some people are willing to take it to the next level, apparently. I'm trying to think if I did. One time I took a huge dump. <laughs> <laughs>